Welcome back. Today is the second part of Taking Ownership. Taking Ownership series is one of what we call our connecting or mega series. Meaning it's extremely one of it's one of the series that you need to watch so that the other series that are in our line of samosas <laughs> come together and they all help each other in this. So this is the, one of the few integrated ones. These, this series integrates other series. Okay. And taking ownership of your behavior, taking ownership of yourself is a very, very important part of reach, becoming civilized, becoming mature, gaining respect, and uh, making success in your life. None of these things are possible unless you take enough ownership. And with a little bit of ownership, you start getting some good results. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's enough. No, no, no. Take the right amount of ownership, right? Don't have just one bite of banana and throw the rest away. <laughs> I mean, you if someone did that, you'd say, what a crime, right? That's how I feel. <laughs> when you take a little and you throw it away. Okay. So, so today, how to take ownership. Okay. And... We're going to recap a little bit about the, some behaviors of how people who have ownership, how they behave. Okay, because you must understand the fruit and then how also, how, the fruit of what ownership feels like. Right? And when you are an owner and when you are not an owner, you are what I call a consumer. Consumer of other people owning the situation and you are consuming their drive, their energy, their elevation. For example, I'm blaming other people, and somebody else in the room decides to take ownership and says, okay, the, we need to do this and this, stop assigning blame. We're in this situation. Let's solve the problem now in front of us, right? And you're the guy who's complaining. So you are the consumer of someone else taking ownership. You're the one pouting or being angry because the thing didn't happen right from your ego point of view. So your ego is elevated beyond what that boat can sustain, what would happen if someone was heavier than a boat? Hmm. Everybody will sink. So ownership is the concept of making sure your boat doesn't sink. And too many times the consumers are the lead weights. So, for example, the consumers, they blame other people. They judge instantly to make them feel... They, they're not doing it to sink the boat. They're just doing the instant judging of other people because it makes them feel better. And they want to feel better so badly that they say, I need this, even if it, the boat takes some water. Okay. Okay. So owners are able to recognize that everybody's mood, everybody's energy, and everybody's attitude are valuable assets. And they need to be aligned and brought up to, like, to the right place so that we don't have unnecessary stupid friction with each other. The mood is nicer. Everyone feels energized. They feel like contributing. Nobody feels too much. They're, they're, people are judging them, you know, unfairly. So you have a cohesive, internally aligned, well-functioning group, even if it's just in your party at home or you're in a, in a mess like, you know, you're stuck inside a subway because the power just went out. Two different situations. Mm -hmm. This is needed. So that's today's. Wonderful. And this is the part two of our this is the part series two. on ownership, ownership. Taking, ownership. taking ownership. So welcome to the online Samosa, where we serve you 
knowledge in bite sizes so that you can enjoy and it will bring harmony to your lives. I am Yamini Mitter. Yes, and I am Sandeep Tiwari. And we are so happy you're here. After, so based on last show, after you realize you want to be an owner, okay, the first, the next step in your mind is how do I get to be a bigger, better owner? Okay, so that's why today. And what mental muscles do you need or you need to develop to get there? What behaviors show that you are an owner as opposed to a consumer? We're going to just do a quick recap so we understand where we're going towards, right? So consumers generally lack respect, okay? And when they are showing respect, it is more of psychophancy, meaning it is... I see this person is powerful. I need something they have, so I'm going to be nice to them. This is patently not respect. Respect is not this. But most people's definition of respect is that I'm bowing my head or I'm being nice or I'm praising you because you have something I want. And that's what they mean by respect. That's not, that's psychophancy. Yeah. That is a need-based reaction. Okay. And it just looks like respect. Because sometimes when you respect someone, you are in awe with that person, right? And you agree with them because you're like, wow, this person knows so much. Mm-hmm. But this person is copying that behavior, but with a personal, internal, snide, maybe selfish even goal, right? So it is your intentions that determine your karma. And we haven't done that yet. So it'll be a future show. On what is karma? What is action? Mm-hmm. Karma is just the Sanskrit word for action. People think, oh my God, if you believe in karma, you're already Eastern. No. <laughs> Karma is just action. It's mm. a nice word for action. And action has a result and a reaction. Right? That's why the word karma is talked so much about because the Western word action doesn't include those things. It just includes do. But it doesn't take into account that your doing has results, has reactions, has maybe negative reactions that you just earned because of your doing. And, and this holistic picture that concept of that word doesn't exist in the Western languages. Okay. So when that need to discuss that concept comes up in the West, they have to use the word karma instead of word action because, well, you need the right word. Okay. So, so there's, a la- there's a lack of respect on, when, in the behavior of consumers and there is true intended respect, true respect intentionally right? Earned perhaps for people that are owners. And therefore they can agree with the right points and disagree with the wrong points while still being respecting that person. So a respectful person is able to agree and disagree without loss of love and respect. Whereas a consumer is, when when you are agreeing with them, they feel loved. When you're disagreeing with them, they feel hated. Right? When you are being nice to them, they feel you must care for me. No, someone's just being nice to you to perhaps abuse you or uh, being nice to you, but you don't understand that someone actually being good to you. So a consumer cannot even comprehend someone else's goodness because they themselves aren't good. They're always selfish, personal. Right? They say, I'm nice to someone when I need something. So if you're nice to me, you must want something. It's not possible that you just did good for the sake of good. Because their ownership elevation hasn't happened. They haven't actually taken ownership. 
they're just thinking this is a cat eat cat world they live they live living at the mouse level mm-hmm. I, i i get what i need that's it and everybody gets what they need that's life no that's not life that's a very low level of civilization and that's not how we humanity got where we are today okay so to elevate yourself to this level may feel a big stretch for them but if you stay with us and you understand the need for taking ownership and you do some of the things we tell you to do you will find that some of the best things the best successes the best benefits the most respect that you ever got that you gave all of these nice dishes come to you and you don't have to live below the dining table waiting for scraps to fall off mm. okay okay so more so being reactionary and judgmental are properties of a consumer they react right if that reaction is not appropriate for that boat don't have that reaction but a reactionary person says i'm going to do that i'm going to have my reaction even if the boat capsizes i don't care right because if you do that of course i am going to do this is their simplistic logic it's a bad logic okay that's called a reactionary person if you say this of course i will get angry is the lowest level of civilization your anger must be measured it must be appropriate it must not be there and if it is there it must serve the purpose of helping the boat go forward not capsizing not you broke the rule therefore i'm angry uh, that's like really terrible mouse level okay don't do that and if you are doing that it's okay accept it say oh my god i do that how can i rise above that's why this show okay all right so let me interject here a okay. little bit so what i'm what i'm hearing you keep saying consumers consumers <laughs> can you explain it in a little One more? easier way yeah. and with an example so that why i okay. am not able to understand consumer, consumer is in a business or in a no no yeah, good question good question so here i uh, yes good question so consumer here means a person So they say there's a room full of five or six people. Okay. And there is some event, party, some challenge, some food is less, some food is more. Mm-hmm. Never everything is perfect, right? So the owner mentality is different than a consumer mentality. Mm-hmm. The consumer in our example is consuming somebody else taking ownership of that situation. They're consuming that some person says, "Oh, the salsa is less or this chips are less let me not eat more chips or let me find out if there are more chips in the kitchen let me get them out that's mm. a owner mentality oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a consumer mentality says i need some chips oh the last 10 chips let me take them all eat it ah, very good example sandeep okay. yes, yes. <laughs> so but at an at a mental level not mm. at a physical level okay. so this is a consumer of somebody else's ownership okay. so another example mm-hmm. say there are six people in the room mm. and two people are looking not happy slightly off mm. right they're looking maybe that they were disrespected mm-hmm. or they're pouting because you know uh they they love their uh their beverage that they want to drink mm. like chai with adrak and there is no there's no ginger chai there the tea there all the tea is plain and there's mm. coffee and they say i never drink coffee and this what there's no ginger tea mm. and they are pouting because they are they're a consumer and they want to consume the that they want to feel good and nobody went to the effort of making me feel good so i'm mm. pouting mm. and an owner says hmm mm. you know what mm. 
in about 15 minutes, there's ginger tea coming up. I just found out from the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So they found out this person is pouting for this reason. They took ownership. They found out, can you make some ginger? Yes, I can. How long will it take? 10 minutes? Okay. 15 minutes later, mm -hmm. you're going to have. So don't drink that tea that you're drinking. Let it be. So okay. owner and mm -hmm. consumer at the mental level. Okay. So the owner could see this person was pouting. Okay. And I gave the example of something material, but mm -hmm. they could be pouting because someone else ignored them. Right? Okay. Or say, I'll give you an example, like a college life example. Mm -hmm. I like that girl. Mm. I want that girl to come talk to me. And this other guy just came in and just hogging all her attention. Mm -hmm. And now this guy is pouting. Why, who invited that guy? Mm. And so the owner mentality will say, Hey, you know what? Mm. Um, oh, that girl, you know, she was looking forward to saying hi to you. Come, let me introduce you. Mm. Owner mentality. So it doesn't have to be material like, okay, like yes. tea or chips. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but it's easily understandable okay. when you mention good something question. material. All right, okay. Good question. Okay. All right. And then, mm -hmm. so one more. So are we there? Mm -hmm. So where we understand that being reactionary is, and then judgmental. Judgmental means, say someone does something and you immediately judge them. Hmm. Right. For example, say you're on a boat, hmm. six people, and somebody says, hey, let's not shake the boat too much because it might take some water in from one side hmm. and then we'll have to throw the water out. Okay. So everyone becomes a little bit careful. Right. And just then somebody decides to say, oh, and he picks up a glass of water from the sea. Hmm. And this other person says, hey, why are you doing that? He just said, don't bring water on the boat. You just. And they get immediately judgmental by saying, you broke the rule and they want to tell that person off. They want to make them feel small. Mm. That's being judgmental. I judge them mm. to be doing wrong. Mm. And the guy says, hang on, wait a we need this because this rope over here is too dry. I need to wet it so I can make it, make it a tighter, uh, more friction knot. Mm. Otherwise, the dry rope just runs off, but the wet rope doesn't. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Then, yeah, I didn't realize. Then they apologize once the person explains. Mm -hmm. But they already judged and it changes the mood of mm -hmm. everybody in the boat. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is a simplistic example. Mm -hmm. But judging people are judging other people to feel good. You did wrong. I'm better. See, I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. I always felt less than you, but today I felt better than you because I just found out you broke a rule. Mm -hmm. That's why judgmental people judge other people. Ooh. So judgmental people judge other people. To make themselves feel better mm -hmm. when they are not actually better, perhaps. Ooh. See, you should, what should a, a, a more elevated person do? Mm. They should say, if this person's better than me in these three areas, mm. good, I'm so happy. Mm. I'm better than them in this other area. Mm. That's fine. I'm not even better than them in any area. That's fine. I am who I am. You are who you are. My goal is mm. to become a better person in the long run. And as long as I keep doing that thing, I'm happy with who I am. I accept reality mm. and whatever is, uh, someone has earned fairly, mm. they deserve because when I earn fairly, I deserve that. I want that. Mm. I do not want to look and feel better than you when I haven't earned it. Okay. Mm. An elevated person is there, mm. but a non-elevated person thinking, I want to talk to that girl mm. and you're always looking better than me, mm. right? You are always more smooth or you talk more or you have the nice jokes and I don't. So today I found out that you made a mistake and I want to make her know that you made the mistake. So maybe she'd like you. So judgmental person mm. is trying to make themselves feel better or gain something selfishly at an inappropriate cost. Mm. So these are all examples of being judgmental. Okay. And Sandeep, yeah. I will agree to that that I have at times been judgmental on about people too. Yeah. yeah. So we all are. Mm. Because mm. there's no, no way to rise above being judgmental without going through that marsh. Oh. <laughs>
See, the, the people that are non-judgmental, mm. they're like on a peak, right? You can say they're on some high, high ground. Mm. And the high ground for being non-judgmental mm. is always surrounded by a marsh of judgment. <laughs> so if you're in the marsh of judgment, mm. good for you. Because before that, you were in the ocean swimming. You were in a worse place. Congratulations. Now you've reached the marsh of judgment. Cross it. You'll be on nice dry land. Okay. So don't just say, oh my God, oh my God. No, mm. no. We are happy that you're here watching us because it means you want to learn and you want to get ownership. Yeah? Mm. All right. There's more. Mm-hmm. Another, whole, another concept that has to be understood. Real conversations between people. Something real. Like I have an issue with someone or I have some problem to discuss or I have a misunderstanding about a situation. Mm. Real conversations mm. have to be slow. Don't try to speed them up. Uh, how would you do that? So most people try to speed them up is what I mean. Okay, real conversation happen at a slow pace. Meaning what? Meaning that when you say something about the issue that you want addressed mm-hmm. and the other person say, doesn't take it slow. Mm-hmm. So you go, not me, not me. And they judge right away or they react. Okay. Right? Or they pretend to be angry. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So then you have to calm down. Mm-hmm. And now you say, I'm sorry. I think that may not have come across right. Or I don't think I'm I don't think you understood what I truly meant. I'm not trying to judge you. Right? Mm-hmm. Let me let me first explain my situation before you react. Mm-hmm. And they try to say the same thing again without moving forward and reacting to their reaction. A slower moving conversation is I make a point, the other person reacts badly. And, a, and a, this person, if he reacts to that reaction, then he moved forward in the conversation and reacted badly like, or reacted. Mm. And then this person reacted to the reaction, saying, you never hear me. And the conversation went. Whereas real conversations are like this. I made a point and you reacted and I didn't react to that reaction because I can see you didn't understand me. So I go back to my place and I say, I'm going to have to say that differently if you don't mind. And you keep the conversation pace slow. You don't not go to the next step until the first step has been comprehended. Mm. Slow conversation. Your goal in life, whenever it's a real conversation, is to keep it slow because you want progress. You don't want reaction, 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 reaction in the ocean. Mm. (laughs) You want to take slowly here. And the only way for real conversations to get to your true destination where both people, everybody's happy and things work out or there's some agreement to uh, agree or agreement to disagree. They're all good goals. They have to happen slowly. And whenever someone speeds it up, take a break, try to repeat, do not go to the next step of reacting to their reaction. Just all meaningful conversations have to be slow. <laughs> like me talking no. <laughs> okay okay so understand that okay then they have to be also sensitive to other people's ego to some extent but not entirely you can hurt a little bit but as long as it's slow and it's intended okay and even if you hurt the other person's ego because you know their ego might get hurt because that is the correction that they need mm-hmm. it should never be disrespectful and without love that's a tough one I'm going to kick your ego while I love you. <laughs> I'm not kicking your ego because you bothered me and I hate you. 
if I am already at that place where I don't like you and I need to kick your ego so that I don't feel hurt, then I need to go meditate because I'm not in a calm situation where I am in a learning mode. If I'm not in a learning, listening mode, mm. no slow conversation is even possible. And slow conversation is needed to make a situation go from place A to place B. So, and that's called ownership. A person who has ownership understands this, understands the investment they need to be calm enough to accept reality, calm enough to not have an agenda of hating someone or letting someone know, calm enough to say, I don't need to kick you to feel better. I don't need to do eye for an eye before I will talk meaning sense to you. I don't need that. I first need us to understand each other. And then if we end up having an agreement, good. If we end up having respect because of it, good. If we end up agreeing to disagree until we can solve it, that's all good because all of those are better than where we currently are, where I'm in angst and you're in angst, where I'm in, uh, I'm perturbed and you're perturbed, perhaps. Or if I'm perturbed and you don't even know it, or you're perturbed and I don't even know it, doesn't matter, right? All, okay. So next one is. So I hear three things. Yes. This is what yeah. my, yeah. I have my notebook okay. and I always write down what you say, the right. major points. Yeah. So you said a person who takes the ownership yeah. uh, doesn't have, should not be judgmental and uh, reactionary. Yeah. And then you said uh, it, they have to carry on a slow conversation. They have to make a goal that re they have to, yeah, that all real conversations mm. are at a slow pace. Okay. They should know this. Mm. Now you have to try and get the skill set to go do it. We'll come to that. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then you said they should be sensitive to other people's ego. Yeah. Sensitive mm. and definitely never disrespectful, mm. always loving. Okay. If you're having a conversation without love, you're not having a conversation. You're barking. Oh. And, and love, when you have it, even when you're slightly miffed, shall we say, not angry, miffed, if you have love, it shows. So you must first fill your heart with love. And if you can't just fill it because you are in such a situation, you have to say artificially, I want to fill it by saying, I love this person. I love this person. These are the five things I respect about them. I love this person. They've done this for me, this for me, this for me. I love them. And then, so artificially fill your heart up with love just before you have that conversation. So I already moved into the how. I was trying to not go into the how to get there, but it's a little bit. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Okay. Now, truth, whatever it is, whether you like it, whether it's palatable, whether it is something that really goes against your grain or it goes against your self-identity, uh, truth has to be accepted. A truth has to be accepted. You have to say, this is the truth, right? And if you don't agree with it, you can say, okay, I see this is your truth. But I have to accept the fact that this is your truth because that's not how I see it. And that's okay. That's okay. You cannot just say, let's come to the common agreement because not everyone can see the truth. Emotional, non-meditative people, for example, have a tough time seeing the real truth. They cannot. But they do understand their emotional truth, which is not the real truth. But it is an emotional truth and they feel the emotional part of it. Are they fake feeling those emotions? No. They are really feeling those emotions. Those emotions are built on bad data. Therefore, they're not part of the real world, but for them, they're real. So that's their truth. And you have to accept that this person has this truth. And if you're not there, you've said, this is my truth. I may not be at a place where I can see the real truth also. It's okay. But I must be able to say, first have the idea that I want to accept the truth, whatever it is. Okay. Then there are levels of truth and there are levels of 
not truth. Okay. But whatever the level of truth is, I'm willing to accept that by putting it in a right, nice container, in an appropriate container. That's this person's truth because they said it and I can see that they felt that. So it's their feeling truth. Is it the real truth in their data? No, I can see contradiction. So that's their feeling truth. I accept that's their feeling truth. This is this person's more data-based, accurate data information-based truth, right? But their interpretation is off. I can see that. So I accept that, that this person is at this level. At this level, they can only see this much. They cannot see that, uh, that they cannot see that stars and planets look different in the night sky. Because for them, everything is a little dot of light. They're all stars. Some people cannot see until you teach them. You say, hey, see, it's not shining. It's not twinkling. It's just a solid light. That's why we know that's a planet. And they go, oh, until they see that, they're living in a lie or their truth. That everything, every little white dot in the sky must be a star. Mm. You understand. Mm. Right. Sandeep, uh, while you were talking about this truth thing, right. you said emotional people uh, cannot see the truth. They no. have emotions. Can they? No. Okay. And then you said if you meditate, then you can see the truth. Then, then you're getting towards a place where you can. So let me, that's a good point. Okay. So, okay. See, now that you say it, I hear myself better. <laughs> okay. So we are all emotional. Mm, yes, yes. We were born with an emotion. Correct. Okay. So then nobody can see the truth. No, that's not that's not what I meant. I meant when we are being emotional, mm. even though we are hum human beings are emotional people. Mm. Okay, never forget that. Mm. Human beings are always emotional. But when I'm actively being emotion, meaning I'm under the sway of the emotion. Mm. Right? Emotion is like a wind. Or like a fluid, like a flow. <laughs> and if I'm under the sway of that, mm -hmm. at, in that time, I cannot see the truth. I can know the truth from before, but at that time, I cannot see it. So an, a person being emotional mm -hmm. at that moment can never see the truth. They're partially blinded. That's what, so and, and another way to say that is becoming emotional is not being able to see the truth is a requirement for becoming emotional. Oh, <sighs> <laughs> you said a very deep sentence here. <laughs> you cannot become emotional in any moment without disconnecting from the truth. It's a requirement. Otherwise, if you can constantly see the truth, mm. you will never be emotionally hijacked. And that's an enlightened or a highly elevated person. Mm. No matter what emotion you're seeing in them, mm. they are not in them. The emotion is just happening. They are not inside the emotion being carried by it. Mm. Okay. It's a very okay. important line in Bhagavad Gita. I am mean, mm. in them. They are not. They, they are in me. I am not in them. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So then, real conversation is slow, mm. right? And no, no disrespect. Must have love. Mm -hmm. Truth have to be accepted. Mm -hmm. Disagreement is not a sign that there is a loss of love between two people. Mm. If I disagree with you, I can still 100% be loving you. Can I say the reverse? Mm -hmm. If someone agrees with me, mm -hmm. doesn't mean they love me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Agreement is not a sign of love. Disagreement is not a sign of loss of love. Love is love. And we've already talked in one of the previous series. We have mm-hmm. a series on love mm-hmm. that you should see. So that one flows out of this one. Hmm. This one is the owner of that series. Hmm. After understanding this series, if you go back and see the love series, you'll say, oh my God, it makes so much sense. D- <laughs> differently, differently. No matter how much you learned then in your earlier viewing, hmm. you will learn a new, a whole new different level hmm. of things after. And what do I, what do I mean? I'll, I'll tell you. For example, that people, when I, what is love? Love is when I am doing, when a person is doing something that is good for you in the long run, many things. When they're doing many things that are good for you in the long run, even if they are not pleasurable, even if they are not feeling nice, even if they are painful, that is love. Okay. And you must change your definition of love. Otherwise, you will be lost in lust, attachment, more, and all kinds of other concepts, right? which will prevent you from tasting one of the best things to experience in a, in life love that's why love takes courage <laughs> okay let's come back okay now agreement is not a sign of love disagreement is not a sign of loss of love then doing the right thing doing the fair thing that's your goal that's how you are keep yourself on the path of truth or gravitating towards the truth Otherwise, all these energies, judging, right? being emotional, um, self-justification, blaming, all of these energies that feel good temporarily are trying to take you away from the path of truth. So if all these energies which feel good take you away from the truth path, then you need energies that help you get on the truth path. And the energies that help you get back on the truth path are fairness, mm. doing the right thing. Understanding true love so that when it is in your life, you can, don't lose it. Most people realize who don't understand upfront that they had true love after they lost it because they kept chasing the feelings and eventually that person or or that team or whatever was loving them says enough. Mm -hmm. And then they go, oh my God, now my life really sucks. That, I I mean, it was painful then, part of it, but I was in love, I had love. People were loving me. People were caring for me. Things were happening for me that were good for me in the long run. And now everybody is just trying to do transaction with me. And, my, and Or I try to stop interacting with all people. And then that goes against your true nature. Man is a gregarious animal. And then you realize your life. So getting away from things that are truly loving you is so miserable you cannot imagine it. okay so when you get a better result of better result meaning when the results in your life are good for you in the long run then you must respect all the people that helped you generate that result that was good for you in the long run for example i want my kids to do well and then they do better then you say who are all the people who were instrumental Mm. in them becoming these nice people okay and I must respect them. I must love them. And, I, my, and my gratitude for them must, is now infinite. No amount of pain they give me is anything. Why? Because that is such an important thing, goal for me. And I, and I got that because of some help from you. Maybe some help from me too, yourself. You, you definitely nurtured. But everyone has limits. And 
you must recognize everybody has limits and other people have to help you and they did. And you are forever indebted and you love them. And you have to now learn to love that thing because that thing gave you something that is so valuable to you. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. so this was the behaviors. <laughs> okay, so one of the skills that you need to pick up is the ability to rein in your ego. And the word reins is so important. Why? Because horses have reins. Mm -hmm. And if you look at a um, sideways, I'll go a little bit. If you look at a Bhagavad Gita book, you will find most often it has just the words, but sometimes it has a picture. Mm. And the picture is of Arjun sitting on the chariot, Krishna, charioteer. Mm. And if you pay attention, there are five horses. When was the last time you saw five horses in a, in a line, in a, in a chariot? Not possible. Not enough room to put five horses. Mm. But the Bhagavad Gita books, when they put a, put a picture, they put five. Because those it's symbolic. The mm. five horses are the five sense organs. Mm. And they have to be reined in by Krishna. Similarly, the sense organs feed your ego because that's where the emotions sit in your brain, right? And you have to rein in your ego. So you need the muscle. You need muscle. Okay, what muscle? This is how do you build this muscle? Well, we've told you a little bit all over our series. One of them is prayer. <laughs> Another one is go to a temple, offer a coconut. In the right scientific mindset towards your ego. So if you, if you don't know what we mean, go back and watch Power of Coconut. Yes. <laughs> or some name like that we have, number one. Mm. Okay, sure. Then we have, uh, I think, two series on prayer, science mm. of prayer somehow. Mm. Okay, watch that. So you can use your act. If you have the habit of praying every day, you can use that ritual of praying to help build the muscle to reign in your ego. Okay, Respecting old people. Old meaning wise people, even if they're young. <laughs> yeah, age down. And those who don't pray? Yeah, th then you have to do other things like meditation. Okay. Right? And you have to do um, some thinking. So what's the thinking exercise? I will tell you just now. The thinking exercise is like this. Write down the names of people you respect. So you may have some living people and some dead people. It's okay. Five names. Five people. Five living people I truly respect. Five maybe dead people who you respect. Write them down. Then, the dead people is an easier list for big ego people. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have to do anything. Right? <laughs> anyway, you write down. And people with really big egos have a tough time putting five names of living people. A really tough time. But do it. I'm telling you. Then, a big ego person will choose five people who are not even on your continent. So, I don't, I don't have to deal with them. <laughs> because, because you'll see why. <laughs> Anyway, write down the names. Mm. Then, write down what are the values that they have because of which you respect them. Oh. For example, I respect this sports player, Sachin Tendulkar, if you like, if you're a cricket guy, or some, you know, Steph Curry, if you're into basket. Some, some names, you will have some, you know, sports people. And other people, you know, Abraham Lincoln, or some you know, politician leaders, or some true leaders like Shivaji, in, whoever, whoever you like. Mm. Okay. Then you say, what values do they have? And then when you write down their values, you'll realize some things. And that's mm. important. Just leave it alone. Just write down the values. Then you say, if it is these values that I respect, now make a list of five people mm. that you are in close contact with. 
that are in your you know meaningful contact with and do they have which of those values so now you're so if you respect those if you truly respect those values you will be able to take those values and assign them to the real people in your life every day and you'll say and now i want you to when you meet them look for that value so that your respect for them grows this lowers your ego just this action reigns in your ego why because ego does not want to respect anybody else hmm but because it's your value the ego says okay i don't mind respecting that person because it's my value so the ego needs my in front of everything before it respects it <laughs> can you give some examples yeah, of yeah, the yeah. values yeah oh values mm-hmm. yeah so values can be like fairness mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. or hard work dedication focus mm-hmm. right like when I, when you look at some top sports play people like mm-hmm. basketball people right they shoot hundreds of hoops every day that's a lot of ability to do what is called delayed gratification right mm-hmm. they have the ability to focus and do one action even though other other people are watching a movie having a party enjoying a good meal they're out there sweating right they're able to put out of their mind all of the normal pleasurable activities of a day and do 12 hours of training mm-hmm. with their muscles hurting body hurting you know sweating and dehydration and all the works right and nobody knows them this is what this is what they were doing when they were a nobody mm-hmm. nobody even cared they're working so hard mm-hmm. not no i'm a big guy you know i walk mm-hmm. in the i walk in the gym everybody respects me i feel good no no that's not right so you respect their ability to have focus and delayed gratification mm-hmm. sacrifice for the sake of that one skill or something that they're good at so that's what you respect so you write down these are the values okay right and then when you see this other person has that they're able to work hard they will work for till late hours in the day even in the morning they have this great capacity they're always generally pleasant you say oh my god these are the values that i respect they have them so i respect them but because they are initially packaged as my values mm-hmm. your ego will say okay if i said if you just said respect them for their values and you, and you go that I, you don't you don't identify this is my value you would say but that problem that person has this 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 problem <laughs> why because your ego is revolting against you mm. saying hell no i don't want to respect that guy he has so many other bad problems mm. ego does not want to know the truth he just wants to know which part of the reality is serving me making me feel better the rest does not exist and if it's hurting me the rest needs to be eliminated welcome to ravan kingdom <laughs> <laughs> whatever i like i take and if it bothers me i kill it all right okay so the first one was rain in your ego this is built by prayer the way we teach it i'm not going to repeat visiting a temple with a coconut i'm not going to repeat writing down the names i had to explain this from scratch okay. okay then the second one was or is skill wise is the ability to be aware of yourself who are you the ability to see your actions while they're happening from a third person point of view is same as being coming aware of yourself can i explain that when you are when you're not aware of yourself you're taking the actions and you are your identity is merged in with the ac- action so much 
that you can't even see a big picture of what you're doing. That's called taking the action without awareness. For example, when you first learn swimming, your goal is to not drown, right? Mm. At that time, you have no idea how badly you look, what your form is, and how badly you flap your arms and legs. You have no awareness mm. of your style of swimming. Mm. That's called no awareness because you are involved in the action of not drowning. <laughs> yeah? Yeah? If anyone knows swimming, they know what I mean. And then by the time you learn how to swim in form or learn how to dive even better. Mm. In diving, it's all about form. And the form is dependent on how other people see you. You're, if you do a jackknife, right? Mm. It takes a while before your calves are not bent. When you jump up and you fall down, you find that your legs aren't totally straight for a while before until you learn, oh my God, that's important form. It looks prettier. Mm. And then you have to learn how to keep your legs straight while you're doing this to kind of dive. Okay, just, just an example. Mm. So when you're initially swimming, you are just barely not drowning. Later on with more swimming, you start to see other people swim and then someone shows you a video of you swimming and you're swimming like this. <laughs> Right? You're literally flapping everywhere, right? Mm. And you go, no wonder I go so slow. Mm. How can I swim like that? And then you learn how to swim, right? And then you learn the, the importance of form. And then you say, hey, can you do that video again mm. of me swimming now that I've learned? And then you say, oh, I need to correct here. Now you have just gained awareness of yourself. Now the same thing in the way you talk to people, the way you respect people, the way you react when someone says something that you don't agree with. Bah! Some people go, really, some, they have this really instinctive bark reaction when <laughs> they don't like something that they hear. Or they immediately put down a less powerful person in the room by saying you're an idiot just because they can, right? Mm -hmm. They are not aware of themselves. So they behave like an animal. If someone keeps shooting a video of you talking like that, you'll say, really, I talk like that? Poor form. No awareness of how you are behaving and no aware ability to see how you are, what are all the impacts that your bad style is having. Meaning that in society, everyone's behavior mm -hmm. has a lot more impact than what you are imagining your impact is when you're in the survival swimming mode. A person who's in the survival swimming mode has no idea the impact of their ability to just learn swimming. They're just happy. They just learn not to drive. But a chief sitting there will say, oh my God, now we gain one more swimmer. In time, they can be a good swimmer. Mm -hmm. We can have a strong, meaningful Navy, perhaps. Big picture, big picture, right? But that person is, that has no idea. He's just thinking, oh my God, I'm so happy. I can, I'm not drowning. Awareness of that, my impact of words I say, impact of how I react, impact of my smile on other people, Genuine smile, no fake smiling, right? On other people around me is has so much value and meaning and power. And I understand my place in the circle of my tribe. That understanding is called awareness. Yeah? Okay. We got to move on. <laughs> okay. So ability to be aware of yourself. So this includes your ego, your self-image, your fears, your pride, 
right? Somebody will say, let's go do that. And you're like, oh no, I, I, hate, I hate jumping off cliffs. I hate bungee cord. Mm. And your fear pops up. And then you say, I, I, if I say that just now, everybody here wants to go. I have mm. just ruined their party. Yeah. So I'm not going to say to my shut up. I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. Maybe, maybe someone can teach me how to do that. So now I just managed to become aware of myself and use that awareness to lower my fear enough that I go learn how to do that thing and I'm no longer afraid of that. So love and awareness helps you get past all your fears which are a handicap to your tribe. Your fears have caused more pain to your family and the people around you than you recognize. Face your fears. But I'm not saying face your fears yet. <laughs> I'm saying gain awareness. Why? Because I need to strengthen some muscles before I tell you to do something that is difficult, like facing your fears. Everyone's telling you face your fears. Mm. Why haven't you face them now? Because you don't have the supporting muscles. Mm. So that's called, I call that bad advice. Bad advice is telling a person to do something they impossibly cannot. Right? I look good, you feel stupid. Ha <laughs> ha. Bad advice. And we are surrounded by good advice that, I'm sorry, we are surrounded by bad advice that looks like good advice. Mm. That's why people remain in a plateau, not evolving. Because they are surrounded by bad advice that looks like good advice. Sorry. In, and in order to get the good advice, you have to be surrounded with wise people. Yes. Who can who can do who can build you the muscle? Otherwise, mm -hmm. they, nobody should give you advice mm -hmm. or that is that you cannot do. Mm -hmm. And you have to have the internal strength to say, "That sounds like good advice. I have no idea where to begin. It may be beyond my capacity. So probably for someone else, it's good advice." And you should say it so that other person realizes that they just made a fool out of you by giving you what looks like good advice, but it's actually bad advice. And I, I do that sometimes. I'll say that to people. You know, you're telling me how to cross the 10th bridge on the river. I'm stuck at the first bridge. Don't waste my time. I don't want to know how to cross the 10th bridge. If I can't cross the first bridge, I'll never need that knowledge. Looks like good advice, bad advice. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. So now, how can you increase your self-awareness? Because top part of the today show is how, right? One is meditation. Structured meditation is the best. Walking meditation is a requirement. It's nice, but structured meditation. Ability to love other people more. Love strengthens so many muscles. Like you cannot imagine. Meaning that if you don't have enough self-awareness, you don't have enough love. You are a bulimic person. What is that? Someone who is a skeleton, a starved person. Mm. Okay. And you're a sad person. If you don't have the ability to love others, if you don't have self-awareness, and I'll tell you something else. All such people are full of emotion because that's what happens. When you don't have love, emotion fills you up. Mm -hmm. And the emotion and your ego together, they, because emotion and ego, they work together, right? What do they tell you? They say, all this emotion you feel for other people, you are a very loving person. So the less love you have, 
the more your ego and your emotions get together and tell you you're a loving person. So the test isn't you deciding whether you are a loving person or not. The test is how much awareness you have. The test is, are you able to respect the people around you for their true values? Okay, we have more. So you have to see the love series. Okay, I don't want to cover everything here. Then the third thing needed for self-awareness is knowledge. And the knowledge comes from two sources. Books, good books, mm -hmm. wise people. Mm -hmm. Good books, wise people. So invest in good books, invest in the company of wise people. If you don't have the skills to maintain a, a wise person in your circle of friends, we talk about that too. There's a reason why a lot of people don't have wise people around them because they're missing the skills <laughs> that are needed to just keep a wise person. How to ah. even recognize a wise person? Well, no, they, they recognize and they stay away or the wise person can recognize and stay away. Uh -huh. So I'm going to say it differently. Uh -huh. When you're ready for a wise person in your life, uh -huh. They will appear. That means they were always around you. They were avoiding you and you were avoiding them. Mm. Whenever you're ready for accepting knowledge, knowledge will appear. That means knowledge. you are living in an ocean of love. You're living in an ocean of knowledge and you're living surrounded by wise people. You are the people avoiding them. So invest in knowledge. Read some good books. Read some audio books. And... And try to get the company of wise people by asking, by being nice to them, by trying to find what is the right way to get them into your life. And then if you can't keep them because you resist or they resist, then you need to come to the next part we'll tell you about. Okay. okay. So the abilities uh, by, so meditation, yoga, good books, and company of wise people are the activities that will help you build these internal strengths. And I didn't talk about yoga yet. Okay. Because yoga is... Uh, good yoga is the integration of mind and body. And it's a whole topic in itself. So I leave it for that. I leave it for another time when I talk about yoga. But just if you're doing yoga classes, go to keep doing it. When you hear our yoga series, then you will, you will automatically improve your yoga practice because we will give you the knowledge you need to get the integration, not just to the yoga asanas, the positions. Okay? Even if you have a good teacher, we hope that we will give you that extra knowledge. Okay, so what should you be doing, right? This is about how to, how to get to ownership. Mm -hmm. So number one, well, many things you've said, skill sets, right? Build skills. But above the skill set, you have to have a couple of goals. Everything begins with sankalp goals, okay? One goal is self-growth. I am not fully enlightened yet. <laughs> I am not the Buddha <laughs> or I'm not Shiva, right? So I would like to grow more. I, and I want to make that a goal in my life. If I stop growing, I'm hurting everyone in my tribe. Okay, badly. Then the second goal want happiness as a goal in life, not just money, not just pleasures, not just the feeling of feeling good, not just reducing risks, not just reducing things that bother you, not just, right? You can have desires 
to be more financially secure. You can have a desire to be more physically secure. You can have a desire to have more friends that you can depend on. But your goal has to be happiness. Why? 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 Because if that's not your goal, then your desires will be met if you put energy in them. But because your goal wasn't to be happy, you will be very unhappy with the desires being met. And you say, how can that be? How can I get my desires met? <laughs> I'll be happy then. No. <sighs> Too many rich people, super rich people are so unhappy. Too many really powerful people. I mean, there's an interview with Mike Tyson and Sadhguru, if you want to go see it. And Mike Tyson just said, yeah, he's miserable, basically. He's rich, and he's strong, and he's powerful. He has a whole bunch of bodyguard, everything. It's basically a miserable person. Or something like that, I, you know, if to watch. So that's just an example. Mm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm giving my respect to Mike Tyson for being honest. I'm not trying to show him down. And my example to you is that what you think is when your desires are met, you will be happy is wrong assumption and you can just look around yourself and you'll see the enough evidence of it so if if it didn't work for anybody else it's not going to work for you don't fool yourself make happiness a goal while you're acquiring your desires okay two goals you must have i must grow if i stop growing in the areas wherever i'm lacking i'm miserable for everyone and i'm hurting everybody and if i'm not making happiness a goal then I made unhappiness my goal. Imagine how stupid can you be? In my life, I wanted, I wanted money, I wanted some fame, I wanted some power, and a big dose of unhappiness. Why? Because I didn't make happiness my goal. If you don't make it a goal, that's what you get. You get the reverse. So when let me, you know, reiterate <laughs> when you say <laughs> self-growth. Self-growth. Right? Yeah. So self-growth means. You take care of yourself just like you just take care when you say just take care of yourself or it's mentally, internally, uh, you know, like the mm. mind, body and uh, soul, like right? you're taking care of no, yourself. No, well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at the question without your example. Okay. okay. So what does self-growth mean? Self-growth means what I say, what I said, I'm not Buddha, I'm not Shiva, I'm not, right? I'm not in life. What does that mean? That means that I have to first recognize the areas of my life, my personality, my identity, my awareness, where they're not as good as their other people's, like Shiva's, or you know, or a person you really respect, or a set of people you respect. So, so you first have to come to terms by saying these are the areas in which I am not where I need to be, and I now want to one by one or three at a time mm. grow myself in those areas. Mm. Like, I wish I understood true love, like we just learned in your love series. Mm. Therefore, my growth role now is to get to true love, not no longer be in the world of feelings and ego and calling that love. I want to grow. I want to grow where I am not judgmental. I want to grow where I'm not angry mm. constantly with people. Mm. I, I want to grow where I can agree to disagree with a person and still have love for them. I want to grow where when people agree with me, I don't see that as a sign of love. I just see that only as a sign of agreement. Maybe there's an ulterior motive. This person wants to do some transaction with me. I see that. Mm. Or maybe they're really helping me or, or agreeing with me because they believe in those values. Mm. And I'm open to that. So these are my growth areas. Mm. Okay, very nice question. Okay. So, okay. Make a list of things. Okay, now, Hemi. So, now, now I have... Uh, a set of more micro-level things, okay? Micro-level things that you need to do to get to ownership. 
which helps you build the muscles for these uh, mid middle level things that we just talked about today compared to the top level picture which we talked about which was take ownership why take ownership what does ownership look like okay so the next show we will talk about how to build the muscle sets that help you to build the medium set of growth areas that then enable and support you to get to ownership and for that there's a whole bunch of other series of shows you have to watch again with this mindset sorry we're making you do this work but we're trying to optimize it so that it's all kind of put together in a nice place mm -hmm. and you can start your journey great and uh, just for our audience that our love series is show number 10 11 12 13 okay uh, so please right. go back and hear it and, and there's a, there, there's a uh, there's a parenting series called parenting gears or something like yes. that but it's called yeah. parenting something correct yeah. correct so visit our website uh, sorry, well, sorry. Visit our YouTube channel. Yeah, Not yet. We have, we have to create it. <laughs> we are, we are on, actually working on it. Sorry about that. Yeah. But please uh, visit us on YouTube, on Spotify, on Twitter, on uh, Apple Podcast, yep. and, and even Google Podcast now. Awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Good to hear that. Yeah. And you can visit us. Um, and please drop some comment. Yeah. And, we and people have been dropping okay. actually privately and even some more publicly now. Yes, you can reach yeah. us uh, through our uh, through our email. Yeah, that which is, is the online at gmail.com. And you can text us on 669-228-2810. Wonderful. And uh, please subscribe to our channel. <laughs> we yes. really look forward uh, to also getting your comments and compliments and to tell us what you would like to hear more. Yep. So a warm namaste from Yamini. Yep. And a namaste from Sandeep Tiwari. And we appreciate you being here and your time that you spent with us. If you're watching this at this end, uh, there are a bunch of other series that we talked about that you uh, that are worth seeing. So please take a look at those as well. And uh, there's also something called TOS Clips for those people who are short on time. There's another on just on YouTube. We have another channel called The Online Samosa TOS Clips, and these are all nine-minute segments. So when you don't have time, you can just take a, a, a you know what they call a mini samosa. Or in in, in if you're from Allahabad, some of you they call it samosi. <laughs> They have a little samosa and no aloo. It doesn't have any potato. It just has masala. Oh. And you. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So we should call instead of calling it TOS clips, we should call it samosa. Samosa <laughs> <laughs> clips. We'll see. We already have the name. Okay. Namaste. Okay.